0: Hi, my name is Seema Patel. I'm 20 years old and I am a half Chinese, half Indian student, a junior at Yale University.
1: Hi, my name is Naoshin. I am 23 years old and I am a transplant coordinator associate.
2: Hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm 18 years old and I'm a student in college. Hello, my name is Seema Patel.
3: I'm 21 years old and I use she, her pronouns. I am a junior at Yale studying History of Science, Health and Medicine, and Education Studies.
4: Hi, my name is Carson, I'm 23 years old, and I'm an underwriter in insurance.
5: Hi, my name is Hollis, and you're listening to The Passage. I love salted fish with chicken fried rice. I love seafood congee. I love stinky tofu.
0: I love pidan soroto, which is century egg congee with pork.
1: I love sushi and fried rice.
2: I love jiu yu, which is a Chinese dish of boiled fish.
1: I love poni I love
4: mango
3: pickle, and I love
4: good warm dal.
2: I love
3: sushi and Taiwanese hot pot.
4: I love ramen and hot pot. I've
5: never given much thought about my Asian identity like what makes me distinct or distinctly Chinese. I think I'm still struggling with embracing this distinction, being that I'm born in America, yet don't look or act like the majority of people here. I remember in grade school, non-Asian kids would help me define my Asian identity by calling me Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan. I guess I can define my identity by relating to them, guys who I look like, even though I don't know martial arts.
0: One recent memory that really defines my Asian identity is Lunar New Year celebrations. And this year I was luckily able to spend Lunar New Year at home. And we had just a huge feast, um, fish, soup, lots of like vegetables, noodles, and beef. And I think what makes Lunar New Year so special to me is just being able to spend this time with family and i think it's just a time of appreciation and just really being able to show gratitude for everything that i have especially family and i think not just this year but every time i've celebrated lunar new year with my family has just been a really beautiful time and of course, also just really yummy food as well.
1: One memory that defines my Asian identity would be um, taking it back to uh, my years during like elementary, middle and high school where um, I would fast during the month of Ramadan, which basically means not eating or drinking anything um, during sunrise and uh, basically during the day. And uh, I would do this in school and, Uh, you know, I would be one of the few people doing it. Um, And um, that would just, I don't know, it was interesting in the sense that I felt like I stood out. Some people thought it was really cool and really interesting. Others thought thought it was strange, Um, but it definitely helped to solidify my Asian identity.
2: Think through what my Asian identity means to me and one integral memory I have that's put me in the place where I am is the Atlanta shootings that occurred about a year ago. It really made me rethink uh, the work that I had been doing at school and all the celebration of culture that is around me. And it made me think about how Asians are racialized in America and what that means for me.
1: I would say one memory that defines my Asian identity is
3: when I learned how to cook Japanese food.
4: I remember the first time I really connected with the Chinese side of my family. There's actually an association of all of the different extended family members that first came to America from the Guangdong region and moved to Hawaii and they actually maintain this huge family tree of all of my Chinese ancestors and how they've branched out. Going back many many generations even in China and connecting us to a lot of the ancestors that remained in China and it was a really neat moment for me to see how far my family extended and how deep our roots were within China in different villages and even all the way up to the royal court at one point in history.
0: So I'm half Chinese and half Indian and I think appearance wise it's like very unclear that I am like specifically Chinese or Indian and especially when I'm in like Chinese communities For example, um, back when I did Chinese Sunday school, um, when I was younger, there would be times where people would kind of just, like, doubt my Chinese speaking abilities. Um, We used to have these, like, speech contests at our Sunday school, and I just remember there were some, like, parents in the audience during my speech who just completely doubted that I would be able to present something that was, like, even decent. And I think just some, like, similar experiences with other people just, like, looking at me and completely basing um, what they expected out of me just on my appearance alone.
1: Um, there's definitely some stereotypes that exist um, for Bengalis, South Asians, Muslims. Um, definitely, as a Muslim, we hear the terrorist word being thrown a lot, uh, uh, a lot. And I mean, I've never experienced it being told to my face, but it's definitely something that I've heard other people. Um, with my background experience over the years, uh, we definitely have a reputation of being, like, nerdy, really into, like, STEM, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know, being considered smart, but there is stereotypes that, like, you know, nerdy or they're too smart. Um, and let's see, what else? I think, um... Because growing up in a South Asian household, I definitely have very strict parents with very strict rules and guidelines. And I still live with them at 23. Um, and I had people, I have like friends, I guess you could say, or just acquaintances that are non-Asian. And they don't really understand that, like why I still have to live with them. Um, they think it's odd. Um, but, it, you know, South Asian culture is very... Um, family-focused, I feel like. So it's very normal for children to live with their parents until they're basically married.
2: Derogatory names or labels that have been said to me are related to academics or my parents. And they started in early elementary school and went on throughout middle school. And so it was a lot of creating uncreative phrases that attached um, a word relating to Asian culture and then the word nerd or comments about my eyes. I'm not particularly sure why they happened. I mostly was, I was always sitting there and not provoking anyone when these occurrences happen.
3: One thing that I've heard is that people sort of group brown girls, Indian girls into this category of like being unable to stand up for themselves or to um, sort of go outside with their parents want for them. And I'm not sure if I've heard like a label or derogatory term, but I think that people treat um, can often treat brown girls as like shielded or um, I don't know, sort of like naive, even though that's not a universal experience.
4: Well, I'd say overall I've been lucky not to experience anything too extreme. One memory I do have is just randomly walking in a park with a dog, and someone coming up to me and randomly just saying, "Would you like some soy sauce with that dog?" And that was so jarring that it really took me aback and I really didn't register that it was racially charged until a few moments later and otherwise just in a joking sense where it's more subtle and not necessarily malicious but you it does have an effect being called yellow and other things like that definitely do take their toll and are still commonplace I
5: think seeing Asian Americans or Asians in politics governments Uh, Seeing them on the silver screen or on television, I think that makes me proud.
0: I'm definitely very proud of being not just an Asian-American, but specifically a mix of East Asian and South Asian in the US. It's very empowering that I'm able to experience both of these cultures and learn so much from both of my parents and just all my family members that I've um, spent time with And even though I identify more with Chinese culture, um, I've grown up more in like a Chinese community back at home. I think that even the little things like listening to Indian music in the car, for example, just these small things that still let me engage with Indian culture as well. Um, But in terms of Chinese culture, being able to celebrate all these different special holidays throughout the year and engaging in these traditions, even back in Missouri, I think is really, really awesome.
2: Throughout high school and in college, when I've looked around at cultural centers, I've always been proud of the fact that Asian Americans find community in each other and that A lot of Asian Americans tend to gravitate towards each other for comfort. And I think it's good that we've been able to name that experience for ourselves. Um, I think that whenever there are big cultural festivals and we're able to gather a lot of non-Asian attention, that's always been a very big source of proudness because I think that being able to keep things within the Asian American sphere is very simple because it's easy to grasp other people's attentions. But once you move on to other spheres of people and other demographics, it's much more difficult. And so when you're able to do that, I'm very proud of those people.
3: I'm proud that our community finds ways to come together, you know, despite a lot of barriers, but also just even being from different countries, from different places, um, from different mixed identities within Asian Asian American community. We find a way to just be together and to celebrate our Asianness, our heritage, and... Yeah, I think just that sense of celebration that I think is found in a lot of Asian communities. I'm really proud of our food, which is amazing from all different countries, um, our music, culture. I think I'm proud of, you know, all of the the Asian and Asian American role models who pursue what they want to and create a role model in that area.
4: I'm really proud to be a part of a rich cultural history that, I believe has deepened the American culture as it's become more a part of it. To go to pretty much every major city and see a thriving Chinatown with incredible food and culture and festivals that people are now seeing, you know, even if they're not a part of the Chinese community, to be a part of the Japanese community and to see the amazing food everywhere, to hear everyone talk about Japanese culture and find value in it, find value in the community-oriented thoughts and principles of Japanese culture, the amazing festivals that happen every year, the cleanliness and the presentation. And there's so much rich culture that both sides of me bring to America that I think furthers American culture because people take in those qualities and want to emulate a lot of them.
5: I think violence towards anyone um, should not be tolerated.
4: I mean, it's definitely
0: terrifying, um, to say the least. I think that, you know, it's, you can't really say that it's unbelievable because just of all the other things that go on in this world and how many just terrible things happen on a daily basis. But I think just the fact that it's a combination of like verbal, assault but also physical assault and you also have just discrimination whether it be in public like transportation or even in the workplace. I think the fact that it's so widespread and I mean as a Chinese American as well I know that like a huge proportion is geared towards Chinese people in particular Um, and I think just a combination of all these things makes it just a very scary topic.
1: Asian hate is very uncalled for. I think it's really sad that it's something that still exists in America today. I mean, when you go on social media, you still hear stories about um, Asian people being attacked on the subway or just on the street or just going home simply for... The reason, the, the reason simply being that they're Asian, that they look different. And it's really unacceptable that it's something that still exists today in 2022.
2: I believe that Asian is a very real thing. And I think that so often Asian Americans try to forget about the fact that we are racialized in this country. And a lot of people don't educate themselves on the history of Asians in America. And i don't blame those people because that is a history of trauma and hurt and discrimination but i think that it's very real and it's sometimes disappointing to see when other asian americans don't agree with that Um, it's very unfortunate that asian hate is not as talked about as other forms of hate not to diminish the hate against any other minority demographic or group as they are equally or more important to talk about. But it's definitely very real. It's not talked about enough. And often that erasure is what makes a lot of Asian Americans confused about how they're racialized.
3: Asian hate is a very painful topic. I think that it has affected a lot of families very personally and very miserably. And I hope that we begin to see more solidarity and protection for Asian people, um, I think Asian hate is a very broad, you know, description of a lot of violence that's enacted towards a lot of different people, and also in a lot of different ways. And I'm beginning to like question, or, or I'm curious about how the movement is going to like start to incorporate that, like diversity of experience, um, so that you know some of the violence that is not being talked about gets talked about. I would say it's a really unfortunate situation.
1: I understand it stems from, you know, the fear
2: factor of the coronavirus,
1: but I feel like taking it out on a race that can not be thought to be associated with is very immature, in my opinion. And the fact that we're trying to, you know, create a more equal society in the United States on one aspect, I feel like it really brings us um, a lot of steps back in
2: the primitive direction. I just feel
4: very sad about it. Based on my personal experience, I think Asian hate nowadays has become a lot more subtle but it's still very real. It's less about extreme acts of violence, though I'm sure that still happens, and it's a lot more about microaggressions and small ways in which people make Asian Americans feel like they don't belong here fully yet, or that there's something about them that's still not fully accepted in America.
5: I was born in New York City to two immigrant parents uh, who came from Hong Kong. Actually, that's where they met and fell in love.
0: I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, and my mom is from Shanghai, China, and my dad is from Darwar, India. Uh, He was born there and was raised in Mumbai.
1: So I was born in Bangladesh and I came to New York uh, with my parents when I was a couple months old, I want to say like seven months old, and I grew up in New York ever since.
2: My parents immigrated from China in their mid-20s and I was born in America, specifically North Carolina.
3: I was born in Flagstaff, uh, Arizona, near the Navajo Reservation. My parents worked for the Native American um, Health Services, and my dad is Gujarati. He was also born in the U.S., but my grandparents were born in India, and my mom is Native American. Uh, To Ramona from Buckhorn, North Dakota.
1: I was born and raised in Tokyo, Japan, until the age of 16, in which I immigrated with
4: my parents to the United States. I was born and raised in Hawaii by my biological parents.
0: My dream is to start a like nonprofit organization that focuses on teaching math to young girls, gender minorities, and I think that, um, especially recently, there has been a huge. There's been huge growth in women and gender minorities in computer science, which is amazing, but I think that specifically math still really hasn't seen much growth.
2: Really good question and a very heavy one at that. I'm not quite sure what my answer is because I think often Asian Americans think that there are only two choices in life, either assimilating or fully, adapting to their, fully adopting their culture and being very proud of it. I think we need to focus on finding a middle ground as having the two choices can be very divisive and it kind of is impossible for many Asian Americans as most people won't choose to only talk to other Asian Americans or only settle in areas where there are other Asian people. But a lot of us also don't want to assimilate at the same time and forget our culture and all the things that our parents worked hard to teach us. And so my American dream is something in between those two and finding that with other people as well.
4: My dream as simple as it might sound is to just achieve a level of financial stability and comfort that I can still have a work-life balance, but enjoy the things I enjoy, be able to support my parents in their old age and have a nice house and, you know, just kind of enjoy life while also being satisfied by the work I do being in a slightly higher up position and, but still making sure I'm never losing the ability to enjoy life and enjoy family.
5: It's not as bad as it seems. It'll get better. I promise.
0: I would definitely tell past me to, Try not to worry so much about what other people say or think about you, because I think taking that first step is really, really difficult, but it definitely leads to much bigger things in the future that really just bring happiness and gratitude into your life.
1: I would just tell her to stop stressing out. Everything will work out. Even if you think that you're in a terrible, terrible situation, there is um, a light at the end of the tunnel and you'll be okay. So relax.
2: <laughs> Speak to past me and I would ask early high school version me to really consider what it means to be proud of culture and consider the nuances that come with being Asian as I feel like when I began high school, I only thought about the good parts of being Asian because I was finally surrounded by other people who looked like me and who understood the second language that I spoke at home. But I think that I rushed through the pro- the process of being critical, of being Asian American throughout the later years of high school, and it was very traumatizing to suddenly read too much literature about how Asian Americans are racialized and how we've been discriminated against for so many centuries. So I wish that I had spread that process out over more years instead of going from one extreme to the other and now being in college and unsure of what that what I'm supposed to do with that.
4: Having moved to New York City and being in the corporate world now, it can be too easy to forget where I come from. Hawaii, Japanese and Chinese roots, my family. It I can go too many days without seeing Or interacting with other Asian people who are close to me because my family lives so far and, frankly, there isn't enough diversity yet in my workplace. And it's really important never to forget that that cultural heritage makes me stand out, but I can use that to my advantage. It makes me special and it's something I never want to forget because it is tied to who I am and it will help me succeed because It's important to me, and if I ever truly forget it, that's when I'm really losing a lot of the value that I can bring to the world, to my job, and to my friendships, and to so much of what I offer to America.
5: The Passage is brought to you by Holosai, with special thanks to Carson, Hema, Jennifer, Norshin, Seema, Stephen, Asian American Culture Center and Yale China Association. Thank you for listening.